It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked on Sports Minnesota. What's going on, Reggie? What's up, man? I'm feeling good. Lane's got win number one last night. They're off and running. First one's the hardest, man. Today we're talking some twins. They're trying to juggle Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa. Some Vikings OTAs news and notes. Plus, later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk. But first... If you enjoy Superior Sports Talk, you'll also enjoy our other daily show with former NFL receiver Ron Johnson. Ron offers the unique view of an athlete turned broadcaster and brings you high-profile guests like Braylon Edwards, Adam Thielen, and Robert Smith. Subscribe to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or your favorite podcast feed so you never miss an episode. All right, well, let's talk about those Minnesota Twins, shall we? I'll give you fans props if you're staying up late for these, man. Another late one. <laughs> uh, first pitch, not till 8.40 p.m. Twins lose to the A's 5-2. to two. Royce Lewis goes yard again. We'll get to him in a moment. Dylan Bundy goes scoreless. Only pitched three innings, I believe. And, and then yeah. Josh Winder takes over. He allows all five. Five runs in Bree and two-thirds innings pitched. Not much doing offensively again without Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa, but just quick thoughts, notes. Last night's loss, 5-2 to two versus the A's, Reggie. Well, it's tough, man. We talked about it going into this series. Like, they had to take advantage of these games against right. the A's. And, you know, they win two of three. They're 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 doing all right, you know. Um, considering every team in the division lost yesterday, uh, by virtue of the the Royals and the White Sox playing a doubleheader yesterday, they split that. So every team lost yesterday in the division, and it's just like okay. All right. So, I mean, it it presented an opportunity for the Twins to just go up, you know, at least one more game uh, in the division. And so that kind of sucks that they weren't able to do that um, last night. But, you know, another day back at it this afternoon and they can take advantage. Yeah, you hope once Buxton and Correa hopefully maybe come back today. Who knows? They Mm -hmm. start to get their bats going a little bit. They can take this series and, again, start to take advantage of that soft schedule. we got to talk about the elephant in the room here. You bring up Royce Lewis, number one overall pick in Mm -hmm. all of baseball. He looks every bit the part, by the way, offensively and defensively in the field. And you're thinking, this guy's just playing too good. There's no way they can send him back down when Carlos Correa returns. But sure enough, here we are. Just hours ago, Twins announced Lewis will be sent back down as Correa set <laughs> to get back into the lineup. Reggie, I get it. They play the same position here, shortstop. But we were banging the table for the Twins to find a way to get both guys on the field and in the lineup together. Not so fast, my friend. What's the Twins' thought process here, in your opinion? I think their thought process is they signed Correa to a big money deal this year for him to be the guy for them. And it's like, look, I guess you don't want to stunt Royce Lewis's progress at all. If Correa's going to be healthy and he's going to play and he'll be, you know, a full-time starter, um, 
it's going to be tough to kind of stunt a young guy's pro- uh, process and his progress by, you know, limiting the amount of at-bats that he gets, limiting, you know, the, the playing time that he gets because he's behind Correa. And it's like, well, you could maybe find a way to get him in at another position, but it's like, well, do you want to stunt his growth as a shortstop? And maybe some fans think like, well, you know, that doesn't matter, you know, because he'll be able to adjust back to the shortstop position, you know, at a future date. But I think the Twins are just trying to play a cool, play a safe here. Um, but they, I mean, it was a tough decision. I guess it wasn't that tough because they made it. But, you know, um, he hit a home run last night and you're just like, well, like, I don't know this dude, but like, you know, if you send him down, he gets to play every day with St. Paul. So then when you have to bring him up again, he's already, you know, loose in rhythm and all that. And, and he can contribute to the team again. But I would not allow this to be a thing that um, makes him stay down for very long. I mean, I, I think you got to find any and every opportunity to bring him back up. And I know, you know, a lot of fans were talking about, you know, the Twins valuing service time. So, you know, if they send him down, then, you know, that that adds to the time that he's in the league and without them having to pay him and all that good stuff. And, you know, baseball has a lot of that going on. You know, we saw it with uh, Chris Bryant several years ago with the Cubs. They – they sent him down at the start of the season just to bring him back a few weeks later so that they could add to his service time, which delayed them having to pay him. And so, you know, playing the long game, maybe, maybe we're just a little too inside baseball with it because, you know, we got our feelings attached seeing Royce Lewis grand slam last week, another home run last night. You're like, oh, man, this dude is playing. This dude is doing it. But the Twins are like, you know what? We know what we got. You know, when um, when my wife and I go shopping, and uh, I remember a few years ago we were going shopping for Christmas trees, and we were like, okay, we had a number that we were going to stop at in regards to what we were going to pay for these Christmas trees. And then all of a sudden we saw the numbers, and we were like, dang, these Christmas trees are expensive. And so I looked at my wife. I said, you know what? We know where it's at. Yep. We know where it's at. We'll we'll come back. If we need to come back and get this tree, we'll do it. And then I feel like with the twins, they're like, look, we know where Royce is at. He's over in St. Paul. If we need him, we'll come get him. But, you know, he might be a little too expensive for their blood right now. little cat and mouse game going on there for mm-hmm. sure. The twins have to find a way, though. We talked about it all week. Talked about it last week. They yeah. got to find a way to maximize their best nine guys and certainly – Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa both need to be implemented into that game plan. While Mm -hmm. we're on the topic, ESPN released 10 trades we could see go down in the MLB at some point in the season. Number four on the list was the idea of Carlos Correa being moved sometime this season before the Twins could ultimately lose him next offseason. If you were to decline the next two years on his deal, making him an impending free agent, I'm like, maybe this is just a one-year rental deal. Mm -hmm. Maybe they end up moving him for pieces anyways. The article notes the good problem the Twins are in with Royce Lewis, as mentioned, knocking on the door at shortstop Mm -hmm. and being ultimately the long-term plan there for the Twins. And moving Correa now to get a healthy return and assets back would what do you think, Ranji? I mean, 
Twins go get a couple nice arms to add to their bullpen or maybe even just one shutdown stud reliever, something like that, or hold on to Correa as long as you can, as we haven't even really scratched the surface of seeing how good this lineup could be when everyone's fully healthy. Yeah, you know, he struggled a little bit out of the gate, Correa did, and, you know, I think what sucks about that injury is it seemed like he was starting to pick it up a little bit. And now, you know, you got the injuries to to set him back a little bit. And, you know, maybe it takes him a second to get back up to speed. And if that happens, then you're really going to have the the people like, hey, that's why you should have just kept Lewis. But it's like, look, you didn't sign this guy for nothing. But I think what's interesting is if things start to trend towards – you know, maybe Correa not re-signing or, you know, or you really just feel strongly about the future and you and the youth movement. And you're like, you know what? We want Royce Lewis to be our guy. Maybe he's just like down in, not down in, but over in St. Paul just mm-hmm. killing it. You know what I mean? And you're like, you know what? We can't wait anymore on this guy. I think it would be unwise to let this season run out with Carlos Correa not knowing if he's going to be uh, coming back and also having a luxury piece like Royce Lewis in the wings, I think it would be unwise for them to leave Correa on the the docket without making maybe a deal, you know? We've seen with the Twins that pitching is never enough. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way to to deal Correa down the line and and get a couple arms that are gonna help you, you know, um, make play some meaningful baseball mm-hmm. down the stretch. You know, this this is still a championship expectation type season for the Twins, and so you're like, well, if Correa's killing it and Royce is killing it in AAA, you're like, well, maybe we flip. Correa for a couple arms, you know, one in the farm system and one that could help us right now. And then we bring Lewis up and we just keep the keep the thing rolling. Maybe you make a decision like that. But I think we're just a little premature at at making a decision like that. But that is something that they do need to keep in mind as they move forward. And it's early, right? What, six mm-hmm. weeks in? This is a long baseball season. Yeah, It's a marathon, not a sprint. Twins right now, though, still haven't seemed like they've gotten into much of a rhythm offensively. That order has changed night in and night out. Correa's in, then he's out. Buxton's in, then he's out. You bring up Royce Lewis, he flashes a little bit. Not to mention the three or four other young players coming up with a lot of potential they're trying to sprinkle in. Hopefully, as this season progresses, you get in the thick of the summer, then they can get into some sort of, again, just momentum here. Start to really find out the true potential of when everybody's healthy, including Carlos Correa. And if it's not what you thought it was going to look like, even if Carlos Correa isn't in the long-term plans, the value you have with him, if Mm -hmm. you want to go on and move him and go get, like you mentioned, some stud pitchers, maybe some young farm guys, some some nice prospects waiting in the wings, Mm -hmm. it's not a bad idea to have. And that's why I think ultimately when we brought him in, we paid him that monster three-year deal, we said, well, even if it's only one-year rental or maybe end up moving him anyways – Carlos Correa is a name brand. He brings value to the table, and any team come July would be pounding on the door to try to acquire a guy like that for their playoff push. So we'll see how it all shakes out. We talked a lot about hopefully the Twins could take advantage of this soft spot in the schedule. So far, 1-1. 
Lost one versus the A's. Looking for the series win today in an afternoon game. First pitch, 2.37 p.m. It's always sunny in Minnesota. It's always sunny, man, even with a little overcast going on this morning. <laughs> that was sunny on the mound. Coming up, we're talking Vikings OTAs, and later I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first, do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gorg for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Reggie, Vikings got through their first two days of OTAs, gleaning some light here on certain position battles and injury timetables for guys like Irv Smith, Andrew Booth Jr., who continue to kind of take things slow and work their way back into things. But let's dive into some other position specifics, starting with arguably their one and only real starting job battle at right guard were Jesse Davis and Chris Reed, two veterans brought in via free agency this offseason, start out the season as the front runners. But how long until second round pick at Engram starts to make a push, do you think? Or is this is this a two-man competition until proven otherwise? Like, what's your initial thoughts on the one and only starting job position battle? <laughs> you know, I think it, it provides um, – it, it's funny because with Kevin O'Connell and and Kwesi coming in and just kind of going chalk as far as, like, bringing some of the veteran pieces back, adding pieces to what's already been assembled, I think it's really cool for them – I'm sure to see some competition play out. I mean, look at look at everything across the board on the offensive side. Like Kevin O'Connell is a competitor and, you know, I'm sure he likes to to make competition happen and like you know, I, I saw uh, Dalvin Cook yesterday banging the drum for Kane mm. and he's like, hey, he has no ceiling. Uh, you know, I think he should get more carries. And meanwhile, Deuce uh, Alexander Madison, he's like, wait a minute, Davin, what you, what you talking about? Hold, Hold on, wait a minute. But I think it's cool for guys like Kevin O'Connell to like see and this coaching staff to see some competition because you look across the board, you got Cook, he's the established starter. You know, Cousins, uh, JJ, Thielen, Osborne, Irv Smith Jr. You know, you got Christian Derisaw, you got Bradbury. You know, all these guys are are kind of like shoot in as the starters yeah Yeah. they're locked in and so you're like ooh, ooh, and and, you know one thing is just like look it's it's right guard but it's just like ooh, 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 some competition okay come on guys let's see what you got let's do this let's let's mix it up let's Let's see who has the pop here yeah, yeah let's see who has the best chance to to win this starting job for us and i think you know kevin o'connell is probably just like salivating at just trying to get these guys uh, in a rotation and see who can win this job. Even early on, it's just like, ooh, you know, that competition is going. Let's see. Let's see. He's like a little kid in a candy store right now. 
Yeah, there was a lot of discussion of the Vikings getting more center competition all offseason, maybe bringing a guy like J.C. Treader from the Cleveland Browns, who's still a free agent, to push Garrett Bradbury. But as of now, it's clear, after getting every single first-team rep, he's the guy. And despite them not picking up his fifth-year option that would have paid him over 13 mil, which they were never going to do, that never meant the Vikings were ready to kick him to the curb. But more so, it's just a prove-it year now for Bradbury, mm-hmm. who has the starting gig all to himself and could make himself a lot of money if he finally reaches that first-round potential many were expecting now in year four. Switching over to the defensive side of the ball here, everyone was anxious to see the Vikings' new 3-4 base defense look. The Vikings started out with Armin Watts, Dalvin Mm -hmm. Tomlinson, and Harrison Phillips as their three-down linemen. No Hunter, no Zadarius with their hand in the dirt at the five-tech. They're not getting cued or anything quite yet. It feels like those guys are stand-up edge linebackers in the base defense for now. Who knows? I'm sure Ed Donatel will sprinkle in some different wrinkles and things like that as time goes on. But it's early. It's install time. I'm really interested to see how these backup positions battles shape out because Vikings have a handful of young guys in the rotation behind the starters that could sniff out some serious playing time. And one guy you should keep your eye on is James Lynch from Baylor, who flashed a lot last year as a rookie, and he played the five-tech at Baylor. So you Mm. know he's comfortable and familiar with the role. I'm expecting him to make a strong push for that starting spot over Armin Watts when this is all said and done. Reggie, what other backup position battles are intriguing you right now? Hmm. I mean, wide receiver three and four, uh, back running back you mentioned, <laughs> safety corner. I mean, linebacker, there's a whole mix of young guys. The starters are set. There's a lot, yeah. of, moving, a lot of moving pieces, though, in that second and third team right now. Well, it's interesting because, you know, um, shout out to Harrison Smith. Mm-hmm. He just became a father. Congrats. So he's not he's not participating in, in OTAs right now. And so I think that kind of presents an opportunity for the young guys. You know, uh, last week they had the rookie camp and guys like Lewis Seen, you know, were, were able to finally kind of mix it up in purple. And so, you know, I think. Uh, with Harry kind of missing some some time right here, it kind of gives some of these young guys uh, behind him, you know, the Cam Bynums of the world, um, to get some competition in and kind of get those reps in with the first team, see what it's like. You yeah, know valuable what I mean? reps here. Yeah, yeah and sure. so I think I think that's something that that I'm interested in, and also just the linebacker position. I know. Me too. Um, you know, Anthony Barr is not there. You know, mm-hmm. Eric Kendricks has been uh, a little bit away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you you just you kind of have to see what this new group is going to be, what the pairings are going to be, how they're going to mix it up, um, because it's just not all that clear right now. And so you're like, I, I, I think, you know, it's early, early, early on. We're not talking about training camp. We're talking about OTAs. And so um, I think. You really can't take too much away from what you see because they're probably just trying to mix it up and just see what combinations they even have to work with right now. And so it's one of those things where I'm not really too concerned or or too, you know, keen on like, oh, man, you know, this person is up in the first team. Like, oh, man, what does that mean? Like, I don't know if it means a whole lot right now. I think they're just trying to to fill it out right now. Zadarius Smith coming off a serious back injury. Daniil Hunter's landed on the IR the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these depth positions behind them, 
could play pivotal roles if and when some of these guys miss some time at some point in the season. So, again, just a lot of young, untapped guys on the roster we just don't know a lot about yet. We talked a few weeks ago before the draft about that underwhelming 2021 class they brought in. And it's not to say that they couldn't play if given the chance, but Mike Zimmer just never really gave a lot of those guys much playing time. Chaz Surratt, third-round pick. Patrick Jones, third-round pick. Wyatt Davis at guard, third-round pick. And that's just last year. Now you've got another crop of rookies to add to the mix, so your starters feel set in stone. But all the action right now is happening behind them with a lot of moving parts, a lot of different variables taking place with those backup spots for sure. By the way, the Vikings now have the third youngest team in the NFL and apparently the seventh youngest team by average age in all of the four major sports. So many expect them to be highly competitive right now, right out the gate, which is true. But this roster is now loaded with a lot of young talent waiting to be developed and groomed, giving the Vikings, which should be a nice little window to grow into the next, you know, three to five years. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, Reggie. Well, the time has come. My favorite segment is here. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. We're going to cover all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports called What Does It Mean? You ready? Let's do it. Many fans have started to circle and highlight highly anticipated matchups on the schedule. Maybe none more than Week 10 in Buffalo when the Vikings will square up with the Bills and face offers their former superstar wideout, Stephon Diggs. What does it mean when Coleman threw the schedule and pinpointing your favorite maybe player-specific matchups when you look at this schedule top to bottom? So has Diggs been back since he left? (sighs) I don't. No, I, I don't no, think so. No, no. This so. will be the first reunion game. Yep, this will be it. Yeah, this will so be he, it right here because in the AFC East, you just don't see those teams a lot, you know. And it, he's been gone what two years. So no, this yeah. will be the first time uh, the purple square off against Diggs for sure. He's gonna be jacked up, man. Oh no doubt. I, I think he's gonna be jacked up for sure because, like, you know, he wanted out. He he got his wish. Went to Buffalo. They gave him all that big money. And, and he's flourishing up there with Josh Allen. Well, Minnesota's like, look, it's all right. We drafted Justin Jefferson to be your we replacement. Did. And he's filled in supremely. He, he's he been a dream. So it's just like, you know, Stefan who? What happened? You know, there always will be the, you know, the, the Minnesota miracle. So, like, he'll always have, you know, a place in Vikings fans' hearts. But – also, they'll remember, you know, how volatile he was, you know, uh, as a as a locker room guy, as a 
as a presence with the team, you know, with this saga of does he want to be a Viking or does he not? You know, that's the worst thing that fans really want, you know, other than, you know, if their team is going to move, right. I won't go there. <laughs> but that's one of the worst things that, that fans want to hear is, you know, a guy that is not in, you know, a guy that doesn't want to be, you know, on your football team. And so, you know, I'm sure he's going to be jacked up to, to like show and prove. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to be talking a lot of trash and, you know, all of that good stuff. But I'm excited to see that matchup because I think it should be exciting. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, all these people are picking the Bills to, you know, be this team this year. Hopefully, you know, we see a really good competitive game. And I think we would um, with everything that the Vikings are building. But that's going to be a fun matchup for sure. Yeah, the only other one that really pops out, uh, Kirk Cousins going back to Washington. Uh, we mm-hmm. play the Commanders Week 9. That'll you be like that. One. You like that? The, you like that, game. Those are the, probably the two biggest ones, though. I know the Lions, and they took Jamison Williams. We played them Week 3. I don't expect to see Jamison Williams quite then, but we played them Week 14. Jamison Williams should be on the field for sure by then. Uh, that'll be an intriguing kind of matchup game within the game. How about um, a rematch with the Cowboys? That game was Ooh. awful. Yeah, they got they got beat by a backup Man. quarterback that night uh, on, at on, on on at Monday home, night Sunday on, night on Sunday on, night. on national television. Bro. They got beat by a backup quarterback. That's that's on Halloween, the, right? That that's when you know they talk about the writing on the wall for Mike Zimmer. That's when the pens started to come out and people started to sketch that out because uh, that was towards the end of the year. Playoffs were on the line, must win game, backup quarterback at home, prime time, lights are bright. Couldn't do it, brutal. So next we'll one see. up, they'll, they they'll have they'll have Dak. Well, you would hope right. that they have Dak uh, for that mm-hmm. game next year, mm-hmm. and so. You know that the that Dallas defense was a lot better than anybody gave them credit for. It was so. Yep. I think um, that's going to be an interesting matchup as well because there's a lot of expectations for Dallas to be good again as well. This is going to be a tough schedule for the Vikings this season. Yeah, no easy game, no gimmies in the NFL. I don't care who you're playing, no gimmies whatsoever. Talk about that Cowboys defense. Micah Parsons, the reigning defensive rookie of the year coming out of Penn State, just a monster rookie season. He can follow that up with a good sophomore campaign. All right, next one up. NBA draft lottery took place last night, Reggie, and the Orlando Magic Mm. pulled the lucky rabbit out of the proverbial hat, winning the first overall pick, followed by the Thunder, Rockets and Kings rounding out the top four. What does it mean for the Magic's chances to find their next cornerstone big man after winning the first pick 30 years ago to the day yesterday? And then they ultimately drafted Shaquille O'Neal. There's a couple big, nice prospects coming out. I know Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren is being mocked as the number one overall pick right now. But you got mm-hmm. Jabari Smith out of Auburn. Duke's got uh, Bonchero, who you probably saw during the Final Four run in March Madness. They've got some intriguing options. I think right now everybody's penciling in Chet Holmgren right now from Gonzaga. What do you think? So, I think... And I was talking about this on the sportscast last night mm. on CARE 11. But I think it would be really cool to see uh, Minnesota South, if you will, with the Magic getting that top pick. Maybe Jeez, they get thugs. Chet. You got Mini High High Academy. 
I love it. Both guys were teammates in high school, teaming up again to uh, to play down in Orlando. Like, I think that would be really cool. And, you know, look, I was uh, reading up a little bit on Chet Holmgren. First of all, he was getting uh, flambéed last night about his suit. And so he wore it for the lottery last night, and, and he couldn't have looked <laughs> – <laughs> he couldn't have looked any. any he didn't more own it. You gotta own it. Like, and I'm looking at some of these, uh, some of these tweets, and you know, someone's like Chet Holmgren's wearing his suit from the prom. <laughs> Chet, Chet Holmgren strikes me as a guy who's gonna show up to the draft in a suit jacket and a pair of shorts. Oh my god! Like Chet looks like he hates suits. Like he was getting he's cooked getting last burned, night, man. And so it's funny. It's like, look, he's about to be a pro. He'll probably wear many more uh, suits in his future. Um, but I, I, it's interesting because I was asking a couple guys who know hoops um, what his comparison is in the league. And I, I'm not sure we know. And I was reading this article on The Ringer, and they were like, look, for every Giannis or, you know, you know before the injury, Kristaps Porzingis, there's a Thon maker, you know, these these guys who are like a big unicorn, you know what I mean? And I'm interested to see in how he develops in the league because he has the skills. He does need to put on some some weight to kind of make it happen in the in the league or at least get some some strength about him because, you know, you look at guys like Kevin Durant, he's pretty much stayed the same size his whole career. Um and and he's He's done well for himself, mm-hmm. I think. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe. God, some maybe may he, say he's, he's right. some may say he's okay. I guess. And so, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to what Chet may do, and I I think what's tough is is like, look, they got you know Anthony, they got Suggs. Like, don't overthink this. Mm-hmm. Chet is clear and far the the best big man in this draft. And, you know, maybe he maybe he doesn't play necessarily like the big man, the dominant big man. Like, he's not Shaq. He's not going to dominate. dominate. Come on and dominate. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I, he's not that. But he can grow into a very, very good player, you know, in this league. And so, you know, I'm interested to see what they do at that top pick to see if they don't magic this thing up and, and you know, go with someone else. Because he seems to be the player for them at number one. Last one up. Miami Heat took over in the third quarter. They beat the Celtics 118-107. While in the NHL, the Colorado Avs took the Blues to overtime, came away victorious with a 3-2 win. What does it mean when projecting which number one seed game one win was more vital and impactful to their series chances? Oh, that's tough, man. Um who That's needed tough. it more? Who really needed that one more? Uh, I think I think the I think the Heat. You I know, think so too. They did what they had to do with the Celtics not having Marcus Smart, not having Al Horford, uh, which is tough with this Horford thing because you just don't know how long he's going to miss time with, you know, being in the COVID protocol, and so it's like, look. They beat a wounded team, and that's what they should have done. But you know what, man? It says a lot about the grit of the Celtics that they were still competing, and they were still putting themselves in a chance to to win that game, which, you know, it's the NBA. 
they didn't get to where they are by happenstance. So like, you know, that they were going to bring it, but I think they probably, you know, the Heat probably needed because a lot of these uh, pundits and, and people alike are just kind of like writing. They were kind of writing the Heat off saying maybe they didn't have enough to beat a team as deep as Boston. And they showed in game one, I mean, Jimmy scored 41. Mm-hmm. They they showed that it's just like, you know, Jimmy's like, look, we don't have enough. I'll make it enough. And so I think that's gonna be fun. I, and and on the other side, that game between the the Avalanche and the Blues, Ooh. like that's gonna be a series, man. Like man. I think that thing is gonna go seven. Yeah. And it's so funny because I was making jokes last night. The Blues score first. I was like, I mean, it's just like I said. The Blues are gonna they're gonna go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and then the the Avalanche will score. And I'm like, it's just like I said. <laughs> The, av- <laughs> the Avalanche go wrong, man. are gonna go to the Can't Stanley Cup wrong. Finals. I mean, I think. I mean, are you listening to what I'm saying? You know, and so I think it's funny, man, because it's just like each of those each of those games are gonna, you know, gonna be crazy. And so I thought that maybe the Blues were just playing with a little bit more, you know, momentum after what they did with the Wild and mm. the Avalanche have just kind of been sitting back eating Cheetos, waiting on their opponent for a while. And, uh, no, they came out and, and and did the daggone thing. And so that game was exciting. I think that's going to be a very, very exciting series um, and on that side as well. But I think it meant a little bit more to the Heat. Um, and just to pivot really quick, I know a lot of people were were you know probably headed to bed or in bed at this point last night. But shout out to the Lynx. Let's Got go. It done. Look, it's funny because you know Coach Reeve has been kind of just trying to figure out rotations, figure out the right mix with this roster, and it seems to be that they have found something. Caleb McBride over in Turkey balling. Gets on the plane, flies to Los Angeles, comes out, and cooks the Sparks for 24 points. You know, Sylvia's like, look, man, I've been putting the team on my back. Kayla came back off the plane like, I got you, sis. Like, let's let's go out here and do this. And so it's funny, you know, uh, so much was said about, you know, them being on four last year. They started on four this year, and now, you know, the same thing happened. They they picked up a win. That was a huge win, too, against the Sparks. The Sparks are no slouches, you know what I mean? Like, that team is stacked as well. And so I think that they're going to have a nice little one-two punch now with with Kayla, with Sylvia, and I think they're going to start to try to figure some things out. That was an encouraging game. They go to Las Vegas to play the Aces. Uh, next, uh, I think that's tomorrow, and we'll see. You know how they build on that win, but what a big time win from the Lynx in a game that they really needed. After McBride helped her Turkish team win a title on Sunday, Man. hop on a flight, go to Los Angeles, oh. and the, like you know, jet lag be darn. Mm. You know, uh, tired be darn. Like she's just she's rolling in from one season right into the next. And and comes out and just balls. I think that's probably like the the best thing for the Lynx is that, you know, she was already playing. She was already in game mode. And so she was just like, look, I'm coming out and hooping. And she did. 24 points, like, watch out, man. I, I think I think they found something. 
And that's exciting to see, um, especially when you consider that she pretty much had the the game-winning play with that reverse lay-in with two mm-hmm. seconds left, um, a three-point play to kind of put them up for good. Yeah, giving them a little spark that they desperately needed for sure. First one's mm-hmm. the hardest. They're on the board finally. A yep. lot of high expectations this season for sure from the Minnesota Lynx. 38 and- minutes. Dude, that's 38 wild. minutes coming that's, off the plane playing 38 wild. minutes. You think they needed Man. her or what? You think she caught a little cat nap in that plane ride on the way? Or <laughs> I hope so. Up? Was she just jacked? Man, Catch a nap now. Right. Either way, whatever she did, it worked. Copy and paste that routine for sure. Reggie mm-hmm. and I will be breaking down more Minnesota links as the season progresses. Reggie, you survived the gauntlet. We're back here tomorrow breaking down Twins game three versus the A's. Tonight, Sonny Gray on the mound, 237 afternoon first pitch. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.